those new to the podcast, I just want to say I think the quality of content on this uh, early episode is good, but it has a bit too many pauses and ums, as well as it was before I got a good microphone, so if you're just new to the podcast, please be patient. I promise uh, things get better about episode four. Thanks. This is Elton LK, and I have an idea for a project. I've been working on it a little while. It's a podcast about Antonio Gramsci. I just think that there's a lot we can learn from him, both from his writings and from the mistakes he made. We're living in an era when socialism is starting to be taken seriously after decades of it being essentially non-existent in the United States. But I feel like the socialist movement here has a lot to learn. So Gramsci comes up a lot in conversation because he's famous for his concept of hegemony where different classes uh, fight for being the dominant uh, ideas. And essentially, when, they, when a class has hegemony, they're taken as the default assumption by the majority of the people. As socialists, that's what we're looking for. As democratic socialists, we're looking to get there through democratic means, as opposed to revolution. But uh, the point is, is that Gramsci wrote about hegemony. He also wrote about a bunch of other stuff that I think we need to learn about too. That being said. I, I'm I'm doing this um, through a script mostly. Uh, I may have made some additional comments along the way, but I just figured it would be best use of everybody's time if I wrote down what I was going to say ahead of time. So, uh, here we go. Okay, so, introduction to... Episode 1 of The Working Class Intelligentsia. Antonio Gramsci. So Antonio Gramsci is famous for his exploration of the concept of hegemony. Marx argued that philosophy was secondary to economics. He rejected the idea that people are fundamentally rational. Instead, 
He argued one's economic conditions play a determining role in what ideas one finds satisfying, in what ideas one gives legitimacy, in what ideas one believes explain and justify reality. One's economic interests push one to hold ideas that support one's interests. In contrast, Gramsci's concept of hegemony focuses on the fact that people are complicated and they often believe things that conflict with their economic interests. He rightly, in my opinion, did not presume his concept of hegemony conflicted with Marx's dialectical materialism. He analyzed the ways in which ideas influenced culture and the ways in which culture influenced ideas dialectically. For example, the Enlightenment put ideas of freedom and equality into the air among the bourgeoisie, which is the capitalist class throughout Europe, moving them to feel an international solidarity between them. It was the combination of ideas and the material conditions that made France ripe for a successful revolution. The preconditions of the French Revolution can be described through several simultaneous forces. The bourgeoisie building economic power, a bourgeois intelligentsia, and the widely and the, excuse me and the widely held acceptance of their ideological legitimacy to replace the aristocracy as the most powerful class in French society and the along those lines the class with the best ideas when gramsci talks about hegemony he is talking about ideas institutions and the material conditions of the classes. He might say he is trying, we might say that he is trying to make a discipline or a science with which to analyze class warfare. As a student, Gramsci studied linguistics. This was a particularly interesting time to study linguistics, by the way. Italy had recently become a nation uniting many people groups and dialects into a new identity, that is, an Italian. Before that, there was no Italian or Italy. It was a number of people groups. Studying the history of linguistics, Gramsci learned how the discipline of linguistics evolved and how languages evolved. One can find parallels with this analysis of hegemony. Democratic Socialists of America. Okay, so since 2018, I have been a member of the Democratic Socialists of America, also known as DSA. DSA membership has recently exploded from less than 6,000 members in 2015 to close to 92,000 as of April 2021. I do not speak as a representative of DSA, but as a member for a few years, I have participated in discussions concerning strategy. I believe that in order to develop an effective strategy, we will have to understand how hegemony works. We are democratic socialists, so we want socialism to become hegemonic, and we want it to become hegemonic through democratic means. When we say we want socialism to become hegemonic, we mean 
we want it to become the default ideology taught in schools and discussed in the media in the way that capitalism is the default today. We want politicians to fear blowback from unions because workers will strike if they attempt to restrict their rights. We want cuts to Medicare and public education to be taboo. We want people to become so outraged when Wall Street executives are allowed to break the law without accountability that Washington feels obligated to implement regulations that increase transparency and reduce the risk of an economic collapse like in 2008. The narrative of hegemony over the last 80 years told on the left is as follows. The progressive center-left was the hegemonic power after World War II. It's probably more accurate to say the progressives and the center-left. Then the right moved into power as Keynesianism was in crisis in the 70s. Barry Goldwater opened the door for Reagan, who was followed by Newt Gingrich, Fox News, George W. Bush, the Tea Party, and then, of course, Trump. Trump was fundamentally different, but at the same time, an extension of the same, especially an extension of Rush Limbaugh. For the most part, the center-left held on to power, but they deferred to many of the ideas of the right. For example, Bill Clinton, as president, deregulated Wall Street, cut welfare, and invested in prisons. As many in America become more economically conservative... Sorry, let me read that again. As many in America became more economically conservative, and economics departments in the universities became libertarian, the Democratic Party ceded intellectual ground to the right in order to hold on to power whether they were effective or not is besides the point. But as Trump was coming to power, Black Lives Matter, Bernie, the Green New Deal, Medicare for All, and DSA were gaining legitimacy. These are the things DSA is trying to use to strengthen the left. The left sees the hegemony, the ideas of the right, and center-left in crisis, unable to solve climate change, police violence, and the shrinking middle class. With the dominant ideologies in crisis, there is an intellectual vacuum, an opening for socialists to provide a plausible alternative explanation for why and how the world works. This is what DSA is developing a strategy to do. This is why DSA is leaning on Gramsci's concept of hegemony. But note that Gramsci was talking about hegemony in relation to class, and specifically the proletariat, while DSA is talking about ideology, socialism, and the left. And just to clarify, what I mean by that is that when Gramsci talks about hegemony, he's talking about the aristocracy versus the capitalists versus the workers. Whereas that narrative I just talked through really talks about, you know, essentially the 
Democratic Party and who reigns in the Democratic Party, uh, the Republican Party, and who reigns in the Republican Party. And then, of course, the socialists wanting to take hegemony and that fundamentally being, um, of course, uh, a battle among the Democratic Party. It, it, of course, can be outside of the Democratic Party as well, but I think that's my point. Okay, so. Of course, Gramsci was presuming the proletariat and socialism were one and the same, but he was prioritizing the subject of his political program, that is, the worker. He was not prioritizing the ideology, that is, socialism. DSA may not be wrong, but I mention this to point out that DSA talks about Gramsci semi-regularly. But it seems to me there is a lack of in-depth understanding of what he actually thought and how to apply his ideas to the current context. Democratic socialists have also turned to Gramsci because he is perceived as a moral, intellectually rigorous, independent-thinking, democratic Marxist, in contrast to the 20th century Leninist Marxists. Among Marxists, there are those who quote Marx like they're quoting the Bible. Gramsci was very critical of this. He believed it was not Marxism if it was not critical thinking. In fact, that's the whole point of socialism. You cannot be free if you cannot think for yourself. But people have taken this to mean that Gramsci was a democratic socialist. He unequivocally was not. He believed in revolution, a revolution that might be violent. He was very critical of the reformists, of those we would call democratic socialists today. He praised and aligned himself with Lenin, some DSA members identify as Leninists or Trotskyists, but most democratic socialists would only claim that, at best, we can learn from Lenin's insights and would reject literal revolution as a strategy for implementing socialism. Yet Gramsci also believed the conditions in Russia and Italy were radically different than in England, where the state was far stronger I am no Gramsci expert. I've read a lot, and I plan to read a lot more, but I suspect he would agree that the incredible power held by the American government today, and the billionaires, of course, uh, in the America in the 21st century, not to mention accounting for the failures of communism of the 20th century, requires a different approach than the Italian proletariat was taking after World War One, Today, I believe, he may agree, violent revolution is off the table. Not only has it failed to deliver a socialism worth having, it is also a laughable fantasy. If we want a socialist America, a socialist international, we can only get there democratically, co-opting existing institutions towards our ends towards the ends of the working class. A strategy, by the way, that has worked for the far right. In my opinion, many of Gramsci's ideas actually align with this approach. 
Okay, so the working class intelligentsia. The podcast is called The Working Class Intelligentsia because Gramsci believed education was central to the path of freedom. Before capitalism became the dominant mode of production, the Enlightenment inspired an intelligentsia sympathetic to the interests of the capitalists. By learning this history lesson, the working class could learn they also could become the ruling class. I plan to sequentially walk through each of Gramsci's writings that I can get my hands on. Gramsci wrote a lot of newspaper articles, letters, and then eventually, when he was in prison, he wrote rough draft notes about topics that interested him. He wrote in notebooks, presumably. He planned to refine them into essays or books one day. He died before he was able to do so. I am sure there will be writings of his that I miss, or that I do not get to in the right order, but I will do my best. In order to get all of his pre-prison writings, I have to hunt for them from various sources, for example. I have not been able to find a comprehensive collection or list. Some things have not been translated into English, and I do not know Italian. Concerning the prison notebooks, much of them remain untranslated. Weirdly, at least in my opinion, Pete Buttigieg's dad was the guy who took on the task of translating almost every notebook into English. He died in 2019, having only translated notebooks 1 through 8 of 29. I plan to provide summaries, historical information, and some analysis. Each episode will loosely build upon the former, so consuming them in order is recommended. I have read a few hundred pages of and about Gramsci, but I am no expert. I want this podcast to be a balance of well-informed research and the off-the-cuff thoughts that I come up with as I am experiencing and learning and discovering new things about Gramsci. If you will... This will be a Gramsci travel journal. I have no doubt that I will say things that are wrong and not quite right. Hopefully I'll correct my mistakes as I learn more. Hopefully you'll give me grace and inform me when I have made a mistake. Most of all, I hope the working class intelligentsia will motivate you to organize workers, help them become conscious of themselves as the working class, a class with their own interests distinct from the capitalist class, so they can develop an international strategy to become the hegemonic class. Okay, after listening to this episode, I realized I missed an essential element to my introduction. I want to discuss who is my intended audience, up to this point, it sounds like democratic socialists are my intended audience. My intended, excuse me, my intended audience is in the name. All working class intellectuals, or anyone with the potential of becoming a working class intellectual. More specifically, this podcast is for anyone interested in learning about Gramsci's ideas 
or wants to learn about how culture and hegemony works. This podcast is for anyone interested in philosophy. In college, I studied philosophy, especially Hegel. Gramsci was familiar with Hegel. I'm sure this podcast will cover Gramsci's philosophical groundings. This podcast will be about fascism. Fascism was born in Italy during Gramsci's lifetime. One of his earliest writings was, in fact, a response to Mussolini before he formed the fascist party when when Mussolini was still a socialist. This podcast will be about the definition of fascism and how to stop it. This podcast is for anyone interested in Italian history, especially during the rise of Mussolini and the fascist party, though it will also cover a number of other topics such as the Roman Catholic Church and the period in which Italy became a nation, among other things. This podcast will intentionally double as an introduction to Marx, Marxism, Communism, Socialism, and the Russian Revolution. As someone who briefly organized uh, DSA Socialism night school classes, I will go out of my way to explain Socialism 101 concepts, as well as terminology and debates within the Marxist tradition for those who need a door through which to enter an inadvertently insider group. Socialist theory will be a secondary focus for me, and I am far from an expert, but I am familiar with the basics. Understanding the basics allows one to recognize how disconnected from and ignorant of actual socialist theories American Red Scare propaganda has been. If you began to lose interest in this podcast when you heard me identify as a socialist, all I can ask is that you recognize that there are a wide variety of socialists, just as Christianity includes uh, the diverse perspectives of Pat Buchanan, Dr. Dobson, Martin Luther King Jr., and Cornell West. The terms socialism and communism have been used by a variety of sources, from American conspiracy theorists to Stalin and Mao. If you can temporarily withhold judgment and listen for what Gramsci meant when he used these two words, you may find that socialism can be something much more respectable, even if it isn't your thing. Also of significance, Gramsci lived in a time when he could reasonably conflate working class and the left. That is primarily socialism. Today, there is a link between. There is little link between working class and socialism. Many socialists are not from the working class, so Gramsci's assumption that they are one and the same might seem ridiculous. It is similarly hard to imagine the working class having an intelligentsia today. By listening to this podcast, hopefully his perspective will become increasingly intelligible and even an inspiration that we could and should have a working-class intelligentsia. I hope this podcast will help build a bridge between the left and the working class. I am unapologetically 
democratic socialists. But let me be clear, I believe socialists should reject dogmas, and they must reject ordaining Marx, Lenin, or any other revolutionary with sainthood. Socialists must prioritize critical thinking and self-criticism above ideology. In this, I align with Gramsci. As a Marxist and a communist, it is significant that on numerous occasions Gramsci directly criticized Marx. In this podcast, I will regularly critique Gramsci, DSA, the left in general, and Marx.